chapter 6, Genesis 6, verses 13 to 22. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Its width 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and you shall finish it to a cubit from above. And set the door in the side of the ark. You shall make it with the lower, second, and third deck. And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing, of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing on the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. And you shall take for yourself of all the food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did, according to all that God commanded him. So he did. An ark is prepared. An ark of mercy, an ark of grace, represents the mercy of God and the grace of God. That even though there be wickedness, unrighteousness, the depravity of mankind, on the face of this planet, all the works and working that is ungodly and unrighteous, God prepared a way. God prepared an ark of salvation. The works and working of humankind had filled the earth. Great wickedness had filled the earth. Evil, as we read, the first thought on every mind, the constant purpose of every heart, the intent of man's heart. The Voice Bible puts it this way, by Noah's time, nearly all people are drugged on the fumes of their egos. Wickedness has become the number one all-consuming human addiction. Drugged on the fumes of their egos. What a statement. And what truth. Genesis 6, verses 5 to 7, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. He was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. One man found grace in the eyes of the Lord. One man, the Lord, 
could not let go of. One man that was different, a man that was a pleasure to the Lord, brought pleasure to the Lord. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord has a plan and he commissions Noah to build this ark. It's quite an undertaking. I don't think we'll ever quite understand. <laughs> we've heard the story. We've grown up in church. We've watched little cute videos. Seen skits. Pictures of Noah's ark. Noah did all according to what God commanded him. A big undertaking. But God commissions Noah to build this ark, and so Noah begins working according to the plan and design of the Lord. And as he is building, he's preaching. He's sharing the message. He's sharing the message with those that lived in the area. Noah is calling people to repentance. He's declaring the word of the Lord. Noah is warning people about the coming rain, the flood, building and preaching, and the message is falling on dead ears. His life was a message. His character, his devotion, his family, his holiness, his building was preaching the message. His dedication to the command of the Lord to build this ark. Time went by many, many years. Matthew 24, verses 37 to 39, it reads, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Verse 38 in the voice, it reads, In the days before the flood, people were busy making lives for themselves. They were eating and drinking. Marrying and giving in marriage, making plans and having children and growing old. Until the day Noah entered the ark. The message reads, the arrival of the Son of Man will take place in times like Noah's. Before the great flood, everyone was carrying on as usual, having a good time. Right up to the day Noah boarded the ark. Right up to the day... He boarded the ark and God sealed it shut. They're having a good time, enjoying life. And so it will be when Jesus Christ returns. His return. Men and women carrying on, busy making lives for themselves, eating and drinking and marrying. Having a family and growing old. 
J.B. Phillips' New Testament, for just as life went on in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So here's this man, and this man named Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Here's this man building an ark for the saving of his household. Here is a man in deep with God. He's committed to the ways of the Lord. He's committed to God. He's knit with the Lord. A life of righteousness. Even when no one else was standing for righteousness or holiness, here's this man. One man found favor. You think about that. On the face of planet Earth, one man. We'd paint a different picture. We'd write a different story. We'd let more people in, not just eight. We'd say, how can it be? God is love. Yes, he is. One man. It's incredible when you think about it. Hebrews eleven seven. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness of which is according to faith. J.B. Phillips' New Testament, it was through faith that Noah, on receiving God's warning of impending disaster, reverently constructed an ark to save his household. This action of faith condemned the unbelief of the rest of the world and won for Noah the righteousness before God which follows such a faith. It's the same with our righteousness. It's the same with our belief, with our devotion, with our commitment, with our loyalty to God. The ark took Noah many years to complete. Anyone here ever built an ark? Silly question. Many years. Many years to complete. Many years to shape and form and put together according to the design and plan of God. For many years, people saw the sign rising before their very eyes. Progress being made day by day, week by week, month by month. Here they see this. For many years, people lived next to their only hope of being saved. For many years, they witnessed the dedication of Noah and his family to the work and word of the Lord. The work of the ark was taking place for most of the century preceding the flood for many years. For many years. 2 Peter 2.5, Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness. The NLT, Noah warned the world of God's righteous 
judgment. You know, I'm sure there were many conversations. I'm sure there were many questions asked. I'm sure there was jeering and mocking. I'm sure there was rejection and hatred. You think after all those years, someone would get saved. I can only imagine Noah's conversations with the Lord and how he's praying. Nobody gets it. I'm building this ark. This is crazy. But I trust you. I'm building this ark year after year after year. Nobody's even seen anything like this. A flood, they don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that is. He's building. He's building. You think someone would get saved. And the day came and they boarded the ark and the Lord shut the door. You see, it was crazy talk. Rain, a flood, this ark, this judgment, this God that was upset, wouldn't put up and tolerate the unrighteousness any longer. The work and workings of man, it was foolishness, it was crazy talk. It was crazy talk, sin and unrighteousness and God's solution. Foolishness to those that are perishing. Matthew 24, verse 38, and the voice reads, In the days before the flood, people were busy making lives for themselves. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, making plans and having children and growing old until the day Noah entered the ark. You see, it's so sweet and it's nice. Making lives for themselves and plans and it's great. Getting married, growing old. Until that day. Until the very day. You see, it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. The rush for the door didn't happen until it was too late. It's too late when the door is shut by the hand of God. It's too late when the door is shut and the rain is falling. Don't wait for the judgment to give the Lord your heart. That's the lesson. Give him your whole heart now. Don't wait for the judgment to run to the door and try and get in. I can only imagine. Have you ever thought about it? I can only imagine. You're on the inside of that ark. God shut the door. It's over. The opportunity is over. There were many years for people, many years for people to repent, to come and receive the grace and mercy of God. Many years the message fell on dead ears. I can only imagine that day when the door was shut, the screams, the terror, the claw marks on the side of the ark ripped into that wood. We don't have that in the story. I can only imagine. Only eight people on the face of planet Earth made it in.
You see, it's God's story. It's not ours. It's his story. Salvation is his. Grace and mercy are his. They're not ours to toy around with. Maybe this is a little heavy tonight, but it's the reality of the word, and we need to hear messages like this once in a while. These things are God's, and they're precious. Grace is not to be trampled upon by us or changed or tweaked or altered because we want more people in the ark. You see, we want more than eight. We want all our family that have rejected the Lord. We want all our friends that have rejected the Lord. We want this whole city, a province, a nation. But it's God's story. It's not ours. And when he shuts the door, it's it. And those that get in, get in. We don't decide. He does. And I love that. It's so beautiful. Because there are a lot of people running around in Christendom today, and they're deciding for the Lord, so they think. But God will decide. We don't extend the boundaries of grace. We don't extend the boundaries of mercy. We don't make it bigger. We don't build a bigger ark than God has called us to build. Don't make the kingdom out to be something that it's not. Don't put more doors in the side of the ark. It's a scary day. There's a lot of self-made Christians nowadays. It's actually pretty crazy. Messing with salvation, messing with grace, messing with mercy, and they think it's okay. They paint a picture of God's grace that is not God's grace. They paint a picture of God's mercy that is not God's mercy. They paint a picture of salvation that is not God's salvation. They paint a picture of church and church life that is not God's way. They alter the commandments of God to let more people in, to make people feel okay. We have a crazy world today. It's like, just get them into the church, get them all saved, then we'll try and talk about sin. I don't know, is it working? Think about it. The other day I drove to Greenland. Anyone know what that is? One, two, three, four, a few people. It's a place where you buy trees and garden supplies and so on. And I needed a couple yards of bark mulch, so I borrowed the old truck that's in our family, my grandfather's old farm truck. And my son Clive came with me and we headed there early in the morning. We got there at 8.15 and it's hours of operation they don't begin until 9. So we sat in the parking lot watching this transport truck unload a supply of bark chips and drank coffee and hot chocolate. And Clive asked me, he said, hey, can we listen to that 
that tape, can we, li yeah, it's got a tape deck and it's still all right. There's no CD player, nothing. I mean, this is a farm truck, old farm truck. Can we listen to that tape where that lady yodels? And I knew exactly what he was talking about. And so it's this old tape. It's a real old tape. My grandfather has in the truck and we pull it out and we put it in this real old tape. This lady that yodels. And we popped it in and immediately came on this song about Noah and the ark. And it starts playing. And these are the words. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. So the rush for the doors didn't start till it grew dark. Don't wait till the judgment to give the Lord your heart. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. You see, if God was showing his judgment, we think people would come and run. But God has a message in the land, and the sign is the preaching of the gospel. The message of hope and life in Jesus Christ, that they can come, there's room in the ark. They can get saved, they can receive his grace and mercy, his grace and mercy. The message is going out across the land. It's been rising since the coming and the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's been rising. This message of hope and life. People have been living next to it for years. You think of how many lifetimes have been lived. They've been living in cities by churches, friends, family members that have come and said, you got to come to church. You need Jesus Christ. This is the reality. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They just, this is crazy talk. What are you talking about? I've had a lot of conversations with non-saved people, all right? A lot of conversations. As soon as you really start talking about the real thing, it's foolishness. This is crazy talk. Yet they'd rather believe in some other form of foolishness that's real foolishness. Like it all just works out. Or like, why do we need answers? Does it really matter? Or like nothing happens at the end. Well, then what is the point of life? You think of the people in our city even that we talk to. and God gives us opportunity to share with. See, we can't save anybody. But you think of all the people that live next to the only thing that can save them their entire life. And the years go by, and they're making lives for themselves. And they're eating and drinking and marrying and having children and growing old together until the day. And so it will be. So it will be. So it will be.
God looks down on the planet today and he sees and knows the works and workings of mankind. Humankind that have filled the earth. He sees the wickedness. He knows the intent of man's heart. Even if people are good people, outside of Jesus Christ, we're all sinners. Outside of Jesus Christ, it's over. God has prepared an ark and he's built an ark for the salvation of humanity. Many years, people have lived next to their only hope of being saved. They've lived next to family members. They've lived next to co-workers, lived next to friends. And they've witnessed their dedication and their family's dedication to the Word and to the work of the Lord. To his house and his commandments and his will. The work of the ark has been taking place for centuries now. Sometimes I think, like, Noah's family, were they just automatically in? And it's a message to us that we need to run alongside Father and build. If it's not your father, if you need to get beside grandfather and build, or grandmother, or brother or sister, and take the building yourself, that you might find grace and mercy and favor in the eyes of the Lord. See, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. God is looking down. Nothing is hidden from him. Everything we do, the intent of our hearts, we don't even know our hearts ourselves. Unless he shows us, but he knows it all. And he's prepared an ark. It's so beautiful that we can have grace and mercy. Again, Matthew 24, 38. In the days before the, flood, before the flood, people were busy making lives for themselves. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Making plans and having children and growing old. Isn't that just how it is? That's life right there. We pretty much summed it up. True? Like I know there's other things. You buy a boat and, you know, whatever else. But like when we get right down to it, here's where it's at. Until the day Noah entered the ark. That's it. At the end of, the, at the end of your life, that's what you did. See, the real question is, what did you do with Jesus? That's, that's the question. What did you do with the gospel? What did you do with the mercy and grace of God? The only hope of humanity is a rush for the door, and that door is Jesus Christ. Not when it's too late, but today. Today is a day of salvation. I think sometimes we think we have a lot of time. <laughs> We don't know. You see, this is the beautiful part. Until that day, they're making plans and having children and growing old and eating and drinking, and so it shall be when Jesus Christ returns. And then what? 
You eat your cake right up till that moment. This is the truth. You see, Noah had it right. Joshua 24, 15 reads, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You think after all those years, someone gets saved. I think there are some small country churches. I've talked to some pastors. There are ministries that sit there and go, you think after all these years, someone would get saved. You think after all these years, people would get it. You think after all these years, we'd have a group of like full out, on fire, passionate, going for God, full of zeal, thankful for grace, thankful for mercy, not consumed with themselves and all stuck up and full of pride and their own little thing, busy making their own little lives. You think by now, God, you know how many prayers go up every day and every night across the planet? You think somebody would get saved already. What in the world's wrong with Canada? What's wrong with this generation? There's so many conversations we have, right? What's wrong with this person? What's wrong with that? You think someone would get saved already? I've been at this a long time. I've been in the kingdom a long time. Don't know. If it's only eight, it's only eight. You see, every person has to choose for themselves whether they want Christ or not. And I love what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, discipleship is not an offer that man makes to Christ. And it's like we're coming, we're offering him. Hey, I'll tell you what, I'll follow you. You okay with that? It's not how it works. Our job is to build. Our job is to remain devoted. Our job is to press on even if no one is converted. Our job is to stand in this generation. Our job is to stand when it's our time on the clock, our time in history, even if not one person is converted. Don't be discouraged. (laughs) If anyone should have been discouraged, like some of us aren't building anything. You know what I'm saying? He's building an ark, and no one's getting saved. People just think he's crazy. They think he's foolish. He's rejected this whole time, called a lunatic. I guarantee it. They're probably standing there while he's building it. Have you played these scenes in your head? Or am I the only crazy one? I can just see it. He's building, and they're going, what is wrong with you? You're wasting your time. You're wasting your family's time. What a lie you believe in. It's false. Where's your proof? All I have is the Word of God that He revealed to me. Where's your proof? Isn't that how it is? Our job is to remain devoted even if no one is converted. Our job is to preach righteousness. 
Our job is to warn the world. We have been divinely warned of things not yet seen. Let us move with godly fear. Let us build for our families. Let us heed the word of the Lord. Let us build an ark for salvation for other peoples. That if, if they want it, there's room. Just because nobody's getting converted doesn't mean we stop building. Just because nobody's listening or they think we're idiots, blank that out. Don't. If they think we're crazy, totally foolish, wasting our lives, wasting our time, why are you going to church so much? Uh, I'm building something for my family. You don't need to go to church that much. <laughs> Only eight, brother. You pick you, and you do you, and I'll do God. Right? That's the message. Oh, we got a lot of people, even in this generation, I have friends and other people in church even, you know, I mean, they're off doing whatever they're doing, and it's interesting. It really is. I don't know what you're building. And some of the little mini arcs that aren't according to God's blueprint, they're not going to save anybody. And they ain't going to float. So we either build according to his plan or it doesn't work out. We either build according to his plan for our families or it doesn't work out. That's the message. Let's have the team return. You know, let's pray and believe for the rush for the door. I don't know about you, I haven't given up praying. I believe Noah prayed every, every, I don't know if he was banging nails, what he was doing. I, right down to the last, right when he was sealing up the door. God, if there's anybody before. Come on, we just keep praying. Don't be discouraged. The enemy would love to bring discouragement and distraction and that we'd even give up building and then we'd put down the tools, we'd put down the materials and we'd just give up. Don't give up. Keep building according to the pattern of the Lord. Let us remain faithful and devoted and unmoved by response. You think of how we are moved by response <laughs> or lack thereof. I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. Remain steadfast. Let's be like Noah and let's get deep with God. Let's build with God even when others aren't. And don't build at the level of others or with the intensity of others unless there's someone to look up to. Build with passion and zeal and faith. And may our lives and our living bring pleasure to the Lord. That he's pleased with our living. As he looks down, he's pleased. As he looks down at our character and our attitudes and our interaction with people, saved and unsaved, that he's, he's pleased. Our business dealings, that he's pleased. Our finances, that he's pleased. Our eating, our drinking, our marrying, our having children, our growing old, our making of plans, that he's pleased. 
I don't know about you, but I, I want my life to be pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. Not that he's got to squint or not look or turn away. Just peer out of the corner like, does he get it yet? But he can look with eyes wide open and be blessed. You know, there are Christians, so-called, if we're in this day and time in history, it's a positive approach to life rather than a crucified discipleship that need to rush for the door. They need to rush for the door that is Jesus Christ. Maybe they've been told of some other ark <laughs> or that there's another way in. There's no other way in. It's Jesus Christ and his claims and his way. It's his grace. It's his mercy. It's his salvation. Maybe we need to rush to the door of Jesus Christ tonight. Maybe we haven't been building. Or our parents have been building and we've just been sitting back. Keep swinging the hammer, Pops. Keep carrying the load. And we've grown up but we haven't grown up. I don't know where we're at tonight. But for those of us that have rushed to the door, think of how blessed you are. That we've found grace and mercy in the eyes of God. That we've found favor in the eyes of God, and it's not because of us, but because of Jesus Christ. And now our lives read different. It's not just about eating and drinking and making lives for ourselves and getting married and growing old. And no, it's about Jesus Christ. Living for Him. Loving Him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Forsaking all other things for the riches in Christ. Just to know Him and be more like Him. The things of this world we need to count as loss. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but he lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wow. So many images I can just see right now, you know. The arcs that people are building and trying to construct where are we at tonight let's stand we're just going to wrap up I don't know why I'm going to share this verse I really feel I should Psalm 149 verse 4 it says for the Lord takes pleasure in his people he will beautify the humble with salvation we come humbly before the Lord for his throne of grace and mercy. We come thankful. Let's just surrender tonight. Sing out this chorus. We sang it earlier.
All I want is you, Lord. Pour out your heart and your life. Just thank him tonight for his incredible grace and mercy and kindness and the opportunity to build something and to stand in this generation and be a witness. If you need prayer tonight, come forward. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we would love to pray with you. There's plenty of room in the ark. Lord, we surrender all to you tonight. Jesus, if you know.